Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. And yes, God's going to bless you really good. Praise the Lord. Before we jump into today's message, let's honor God and receive the tithes and offerings, bringing them into the storehouse of the Lord and you know, we're getting close towards the end of the year. We're just about to go into November. And I believe that for this year, despite all of the wonderful things that God has done thus far, I really believe that the best is yet to come before we hit December 31st, the midnight hour. Praise God. Now look at this scripture that aligns with how God can bless you at the end. Your crown, excuse me, you crown the year with your goodness. So God's going to crown the year with goodness and your paths drip with abundance. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered with grain. They shout for joy. They also sing. My friends, the Lord is going to crown this year, not with a dud, but with goodness, praise God. And I want you to have an expectancy. For example, let's say that you're a real estate salesman. I want you to expect that in the month of November and December, you can outdo even the sales from the summer months. Praise God that you would have your biggest months here at the end of the year. Now remember, we're covenant people. We don't have to be bound by the same rules that regulate others, such as uh, well, things uh, begin to slow down, Pastor Stephen, after the summer, and then we get into the uh, fall, winter season, and then it's all over. No, you can actually increase and have your best year right now. Even in no, as we go into November and December, they can be the biggest months of this year for you. And I want you to have that expectancy where... If others say, well, we're beginning now to taper down. No, you in your heart uh, have a different spirit, the spirit of faith. And this is your time to continue to experience God's goodness. And he's going to crown your year with goodness. Your paths drip with what? Lack and insufficiency? No, your paths are going to be dripping with abundance. November and December are marked as months of abundance for you in the eyes of God. And I want you to get on that frequency of faith where you are working with God because God's going to show himself very strong to you through these last several months. Praise God. Don't go on a spiritual vacation. Keep your faith online and watch what God's going to do. Now, having said that, let's continue to honor the Lord and be obedient to the Lord in the area of giving let us now bring the tithe and the offering into God's storehouse. If you prefer to mail in your giving, please send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654 is the zip code. Now, for those of you that uh, like to bring it in online because it's so easy, it's right there on the internet at your laptop or your computer or even your cell phone, okay? You can bring the tithe in literally from anywhere in the world. And let's do it right now. You can go to the website, stephenbrooks.org. Now, on the homepage, look at the top. There's a header that says, Give Online. You can click that. That takes you to the giving page. And there, you'll see the little drop-down menu. There's the area for the tithe. And you'll also see an area for some projects that we're working on. And as you sow into that with an offering that helps us to continue to move those areas of the ministry forward as well. Now lift your hands. Father, I thank you for your people that is there giving and as they're honoring you with the tithe that belongs to you. I thank you that they are going to know the abundant path dripping with prosperity and overflow, even during the winter months 
of November and December. I thank you, Father, while others may be shutting things down, your people do not have to go into that mode of complacency or a mode of low expectations, but Father, they are covenant breakthrough people, and you're going to do breakthrough them, uh, breakthroughs for them even in these months. Praise God. Father, we thank you. They're going to be their biggest months yet. I prophesy that over their lives in the name of Jesus. Now, if you believe it, shout amen. Woo. Praise God. I tell you what, with the Lord and your faith online, I tell you, you can have that expectancy because God can break through anywhere, anytime, and he's going to praise God. Thank you so much for your faithful giving and your support of this ministry and this work of the Lord. Praise God. Now let's take our Bibles. And I would like for us to go to the book of Acts today, Acts chapter 24. And I want to talk about seven dimensions of dominion that you can walk in with the spirit of faith operating in your heart. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, as we go into your word today, I thank you that for your people, it is possible for them to do what would be considered in the eyes of the world impossible. I thank you, Father God, that this is a season, a time where you are revealing yourself to your people as the mighty Waymaker, the mighty miracle working God. I thank you, Father God, that you are doing miracles. You are bringing your people out of debt supernaturally fast in a speedy way. Father God, you are restoring and healing marriages. Father God, you are clearing people's minds of depression and negative thoughts, and you are setting them upon the rock of your word of a firm foundation where not only are they not shaken, but even others would look to them as being a pillar of stability and strength. Now, Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name, and we say, Amen. Praise God. My friends, there are seven dimensions of dominion. The first dimension is that with the spirit of faith working in you, you believe the unbelievable and thereby accomplish the impossible. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, here in verse 14, it says, but this I confess to you that according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and the prophets. So with the spirit of faith, you move into a place of dominion where you believe the unbelievable and accomplish the apostle, the impossible. And here the scripture says, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. I tell you, you just believe. You believe God and you doubt your doubts. And there is a place, of course, where our minds can fight against the Word of God and would say that's impossible. And we recognize that it is. We're not like the proverbial ostrich trying to stick his head in the sand and pretend like something's not going on. We are aware of what we could call symptoms, even if they're painful. Yes, we are aware of these things, but we believe all things that are written in God's word. Praise God. And this again takes us to the place where we believe the unbelievable, thereby accomplishing the impossible. You know, even when uh, faith is in your heart and it's vibrant, active and alive, your mind can give you some struggles. But there is a frequency in God, which is the walk of faith, the spirit of faith, where when God talks, you just obey, and you can get so developed in that that you override even what the uh, the uh, soulish realm would try to discourage you from getting into. Let me give you an example. There was a pastor some years back, one of the most gifted uh, pastors in the area of the word of knowledge. So he was really a, a prophet pastor, but very highly developed in the word of knowledge. And it's kind of interesting because his background was 
he came out of uh, having done a whole lot of drugs. And so there were certain elements of his mind where <laughs> uh, all that intellectual stuff, he didn't really have that. Some of it was probably fried with all of the drug usage he did, but he loved God and God saved him. And while his brain and his mind worked, uh, intellectualism was certainly not his, his uh, strength, especially not with all of the drugs that he had done. But he could really, really flow with the Spirit. And when he would get words of knowledge, he would just call them out. And of course, it would bless many people. But one time he was standing behind the pulpit preaching, just like I am right now. And the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, Right now, go jump in the water baptistry. Okay, so you know, in, uh, in many churches, traditionally behind the pulpit, there would be a backdrop and there would be a baptism. And that way, when people would be water baptized, the church can watch and stuff like that. So back behind him was the water baptistry. And he's wearing a suit. And he just, uh, and he's preaching and he hears the Lord say that. And he says, uh, <clears throat> okay, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, I'll do that. And he just turns around and in front of everybody goes and jumps into the water baptistry. I mean, just jumps all, jumps in, goes all the way underneath the water in his nice suit. And, uh, you know, when you do stuff like that, at the moment you do it, you may look like the fool, but within five or three, sometimes three minutes, suddenly when people realize what has happened, suddenly you become the hero. But when he's floundering back there in the water baptismal and people are like shocked, like what in the world? Did we, are we watching what we think we're seeing? <laughs> While that's going on, a young man, a preacher's son, who was a rebel, was sitting on the very back pew and he walks to the front of the church where the uh, altar area was just in front of the pulpit and begins to weep and cry and says, I want to rededicate my life to God. And then, you know, the pastor comes out of the baptismal soaking wet and he says, he says, yes, son. He said, I'll lead you to the Lord. And what had happened is that young man confessed that while the pastor was preaching, he sat on the back row and he said, God, I don't even know if you're real. And he said, I've gone so far into sin, I don't even know if you'll hear me if I were even to call out to you. But he said, if you are real, tell that preacher to go jump in the baptismal. <laughs> and it was right at that exact moment that pastor stopped preaching and said, mm -hmm, okay, yes, Lord, I'll do that, and turned and jumped into the baptismal pool. And so that young man came and gave his life to the Lord and I tell you what, there is something about the spirit of faith that allows you to believe all things which are written in the Bible and that are spoken by the spirit of God. You, you just believe it. <laughs> and you believe the unbelievable and thereby you accomplish the impossible. There are some people you're never going to win them to the Lord, no matter how can I say how persuasive we are, how um, logical are and uh, well laid out we are in presenting the gospel to them, unless there is a supernatural proof of the Spirit of God through a demonstration of power, you, you can't budge them. And I, I know what that's like when you're dealing with Hindus or you're dealing with Muslims. You're, you're going to have to have something more than just a good presentation. You must have the Spirit of God moving. And you know what? He's moving right now. Woo, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we see this also in the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. I can do all things, not some things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Lord Jesus and his anointed word strengthens you to do all things. Praise God. The spirit of faith also enables you to believe all things that God would say so that you can do the things that he says you can do. We see a great example of that in the gospel of Mark, which is my favorite gospel because it's loaded with so many of these incredible power statements, such as Mark nine, verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things, not some, all things are possible to him who believes. So the spirit of faith enables you to believe all things that God says so that you can do it. Woo, you ride on the strength of that anointing of the spoken word of 
God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Luke chapter 1 and verse 45 is very, very similar in nature. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So it's not just to have the Lord tell you something, but it's to believe what He says. And that's what the spirit of faith does. It believes the unbelievable. In other words, you're going to have a child. And uh, she's like, how is this going to happen? I, I don't know a man. The Spirit of God will overshadow you. Woo! And a miracle is going to take place. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So one of the seven dimensions of dominion is that faith believes the unbelievable, thereby accomplishing the impossible. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Number two, the number two dimension of dominion is that faith speaks the unspeakable. Woo, we're getting into some very interesting territory now. Matthew chapter 10, and let's go to verse 19. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak. For it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Well, looking back on it in my life, it's a little bit funny. But I had a situation where because I was raised all of my life in a denominational church, which my parents were very active in, but this church denomination was cessationist. In other words, they believed that the gifts of the Spirit had ceased and that miracle signs, wonders, that doesn't happen anymore. The nine gifts of the Spirit do not operate anymore. And they basically believed that when the last apostle died, all of the supernatural in the church ceased. Well, I had been raised with that, taught that uh, for, you know, like 18 years until I went off to college. But when I was in my early 20s, uh, I was in a little bitty Pentecostal charismatic type church, only about 70 people. And while there I got filled with the Holy Spirit and it changed my life. And I was so excited. I was so thrilled. But when I told my parents about what had happened, uh, there was no smiles. There was no lifting of hands. They never did that. Anyhow, of course, lifting hands up in church, they would have thought that was like a heresy. <laughs> By the way, no, no musical instruments in the church either. Pastor Stephen, that sounds pretty dry. Oh, trust me, it was like the Sahara Desert. <laughs> but when they found out, because I shared with them what had happened, they actually thought I had lost my mind, and they even told me that. Now, I love my parents. Uh, my father has gone on to heaven, and uh, despite his belief that uh, dancing in church was unscriptural, uh, I'm sure in heaven he's dancing right now. And I, uh, I have a great relationship with my mother, and we kind of smile and kind of, you know, laugh at uh, many of the things that we've gone through in life together. Uh, but at that time, they thought I'd lost my mind. Then they told me that. And they even set up appointments for me to see uh, psychiatrists and things like that that would try to get me back into the mental and to reject anything spiritual. And see, my father was very smart. He was very analytical, and that was his world. And my mother was from the medical industry, and everything was very cut and dry, and that was their world. So this thing of the supernatural, they, they were terrified of it. And the big one was, though, was when my father set up a meeting with the pastor. And I go into this meeting with the pastor, and I, I felt like I was being grilled by him. And he had all of the degrees. He, had, uh, he was fluent in Hebrew, fluent in Greek. And I'm like, who am I to try to defend myself uh, against a man of this level of intellect? And so he began to uh, talk to me about certain uh, councils and certain uh, conventions that, that had been held throughout church history and how certain meetings had decided that the supernatural is no longer valid and all of this and all of that. And uh, uh, he even, uh, he brought up one of the famous meetings called the Diet of Worms, which was a council where church doctrine was decided. This was all, you know, way after the first century. But I said, Diet of Worms. I said, I don't know why anybody would eat worms, but I, I just, uh, all I know is God filled me with the Holy Spirit and I speak in tongues and uh, <laughs> it got, it got that pastor so frazzled that um, he looked at my dad and said, I don't know what to do with him. He's obviously lost. <laughs> 
And I think there was something even in my father that thought the whole thing was funny. And um, but in, in the eyes of the Lord, I'm sure it was. But it's like the Holy Spirit was just guiding me through it. And in many ways, leading me not to engage with him on a debate platform because that's, that's his territory. But just to say, I know what I know. I have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And there were some things I said that confounded them. Uh, one of the main things was when I used to belong to this church and I was so faithful, but yet had so many sin habits in my life, you guys never bothered. You had no, you had that, that didn't move you at all. But now that I say that I've been filled with the spirit and I believe that God does modern day miracles and I want to live holy, suddenly, suddenly now you say I've lost my mind. So who's really not in their right mind who doesn't want to live right? Mm, sure got quiet in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're talking about the second dimension of dominion, which is that you actually speak the unspeakable. And you know, you see that in the life of David as a young teenage boy coming up against this veteran warrior, Goliath, and Goliath taunting him, taunting everybody really. But David says, today, I'm taking your head off. What in the world? How, how can you talk like that? Because the spirit of faith comes on you and you actually speak the unspeakable. Mm -mm. I mean, there's a force. It's power coming through you and coming out of you that you are releasing. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's move on. Number three dimension of dominion is that this faith makes incredible moves. Mm -mm. It is the making of incredible moves. Woo. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look at this one. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11. Sometimes you got to make a move. Verse seven, by faith, by faith, not by just hoping and wishing, and certainly not by unbelieving, doubting, and pouting, and doing without him. No, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, he did something. He prepared an ark for the saving of his household. He didn't sit around and twiddle his thumbs. He heard from God. God told him what to do. Build a ship. Mm. Start moving. And he was moved. Why? Because the whole world's about to get wiped out. He was moved with godly fear. The spirit of faith makes at times incredible moves where a fire is lit under you and you say, I cannot camp here any longer. I have heard from God and I've got to make this move, even if it is radical, even if it is, if it is build a ship and you're nowhere lit near land. Praise the Lord. We see it also in the book of Exodus chapter 14 and in verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Why, do, why are we trying to have a big prayer meeting? This is not the time for that. In other words, tell the children of Israel to go forward. <laughs> oh, Lord, uh, there's a whole bunch of water out there. And the Lord's like, I know, but tell them to go forward. So the spirit of faith makes Incredible moves possible in your life, and you go in strength. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, we now, of course, live in North Carolina. Our ministry is headquartered here, but we used to live in Southern California, and we did a lot of ministry in California, and it's uh, a very condensed state, particularly in the Southern California area, big cities, and churches just everywhere. And I had built uh, an itinerary that kept me busy, just ministering there pretty much in uh, Southern California alone. But God spoke to my wife in the dream and said, move to Moravian Falls, North Carolina. We thought, wow, we don't know anybody there. We don't even have any meetings uh, or, you know, the, the stuff that's set up on the East Coast. But you know what? We did because we had heard from God. And just before... Just before we went, uh, and didn't really have the money even to make the trip, but we had committed to do it. Just before that, a pastor called me of a very large church, and he said, he said, hey, Brother Stephen, what are you doing? 
I said, well, I'm just kind of hanging out. I'm getting ready to, to move to uh, North Carolina. He said, I hope you're not going to move without coming to preach for me first. I said, when do you want me to come? He said, uh, and I think he said like Wednesday, you know, this coming Wednesday. I said, I'll be there because I needed a blessing. And that dear pastor not only that night received a very special offering for my ministry, he actually doubled it out of the church funds. So the people gave and he felt quickened of the spirit to double it. And he actually doubled the offering. And I just saw that man of God just this past Wednesday. He is now the right hand assistant to uh, Mario Murillo. We are in his meeting here in North Carolina, powerful meeting, fantastic scene, all the people getting saved, had a great time. And so we were sitting right there on the front row, but it was that pastor, uh, Dr. Jim Willoughby, who blessed me with that double blessing offering that gave us the money that we needed to go eastward. Praise God. By the way, I stopped at one more church on the way before I really turned eastward, and that was in Las Vegas. Would you believe I actually spoke in the church? Are you ready for this? Called the UFO Church. <laughs> Well, Pastor Stephen, how did they go to church there in flying saucers? <laughs> I kind of wonder too. But the church was actually very normal. The pastor was very sweet. And uh, they called it the UFO church because they, be they believed in building uh, UFOs. Believers who had understanding, you, faith, faithfulness, which would be F and obedience. Oh, UFO, praise the Lord. I said, okay, makes sense. I don't know if they're still uh, rolling along. Maybe they're still fabricating flying saucers and flying believers, praise God. But I spoke there also just a few days after I'd spoken for the pastor in Southern California and the Holy Spirit had that pastor also pretty much empty the church account and pour it into our ministry not knowing he didn't even know what that we were totally relocating our ministry. But I'm telling you when you need to make a move and the spirit of God speaks to you to do it, God will back it. And we launched off from that move from Southern California, then to Las Vegas and got on the I 40 straight to North Carolina. It was absolutely amazing what God did. And we had the finances, we had the money to do it so that, uh, you know, God made it comfortable. Praise the Lord. But you have to go, my friends, when God says go, even if there's a Red Sea in front of you, God will do his thing. But we have to do our thing. And the spirit of faith makes this dominion possible. Praise the Lord. All right. Number four, the fourth dimension of dominion, which is available through faith, is that faith is always at rest, even in the midst of storms. Now, please listen to me. This one's really going to help some of you because maybe right now you're in a situation where, you know, there are some storms that can last 30 minutes. We have them here. You know, they, they uh, blow in, blow up, and then they kind of like blow out. They're, they're over with. But, you know, there are storms at sea that can last for weeks. Paul got on a, uh, on a ship. You know, you know the story. He caught that storm. That storm ran on for two weeks. So some storms in life, maybe where the enemy has really challenged you in an area, uh, it doesn't go away overnight. But even still, I want you to know that you can have rest and peace even in the midst of a storm. Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, verse uh, 37, we see this evidenced very clearly in the life of Jesus. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already feeling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. That's nice. They obviously had a place for him where he could lay down and rest. But Jesus is sleeping right in the middle of the storm. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Well, my friends, God's not going to let you perish. God's going to get you through, but God wants you to get through in a state of rest and peace. Glory to God. And really, this is a rest in many ways. It's unexplainable that even if others knew what you were going through, they might gasp. Their jaws might drop and they might say, I, I don't know how you could do it. I, I, something like that would tear me to pieces. 
but you can go through the storm without biting your nails down to the stub, without pulling your hair out, without having yourself age prematurely. You can go through it because Jesus is with you. Praise God. What if it's even life-threatening? Look at this in the book of Acts chapter 12. Praise the Lord. Verse 6. And when Herod was about to bring Peter out that night, Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison and they're not bringing him out in that morning so that they could have a little powwow, a little talk with him and say, you need to tone it down a little bit. They're going to bring him out to cut his head off. They've already done that to James and Peter is next for the schedule of the chopping block. Mm -mm. Well, Pastor Stephen, that'd keep me up all night long. Not only would it keep me up, I'd be so upset I couldn't even eat. Peter was at such peace, he even laid down and went to sleep. I'm telling you, it is literally supernatural. And the spirit of faith will keep you at rest in a place of dominion and rest, even in the midst of a storm, even in the middle of what would appear to be a life-threatening situation, because it's not going to cut your life premature. God's going to get you all the way to the end of your destiny and all the way to the end of the fullness of your days, and nothing is going to interrupt it. There could be some things that would attempt to do so, but it's not going to work against you. And not only will it not work, you'll have rest right in the middle of it. Mm -mm. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, just before the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, God told Moses, hold your peace and tell the people, hold their peace. Everything's okay. Well, it looks like we're about to be slaughtered by the Egyptians. Uh, it may look like that, but that's not going to be your testimony. That's not going to be your experience. God is on the scene. Amen. Woo, thank you, Jesus. And your faith is going to get you through comfortably. Mm -mm. I like how it says in Psalm 91 that the sun shall not smite you. I like to say it like this. You've got it made in the shade. Mm. God will protect you. You don't have to sweat and lose 100 pounds. No, you don't have to get on high blood pressure medicine. No, trust the Lord. He's going to get you through it. And you're going to see the miracle that you're believing God for. Thank you, Jesus. Number five, the fifth dimension of dominion is that faith dares the undareable. Well, you can dare this person, Pastor Stephen, but you better not dare that, that, that person. Look, look, when God spoke to Moses, it was so clear, so crystal clear what God said that Moses even dared the king of the world, Pharaoh, king of Egypt himself, who was the king of the world. He was a type of Satan. Mm -mm. Well, Pastor Stephen, how dare Moses confront somebody of such power? That's because he's heard from God, the highest power of all. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Pastor Stephen, how could he dare to do that? Because even if, if, if something happens and they do get released, you've got three million people out in the middle of the desert. How, how are you going to eat? Uh, how are they going to be fed? How are they going to be watered? What, what in the world are we going to do? Well, the spirit of faith, though, dares to do the undareable. Because you know when God speaks that he didn't set you up to take you out. He set you up to take you all the way over into a place of victory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Now, this is one of my favorite scriptures. It always has reverberated within my heart. Let's look at it together. Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse 29. This is going to be your story, and also you'll understand why it doesn't work for others. By faith, they, that would be the Israelites, passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. So they not only went through it with it being split, which was a miracle, but there were actually many miracles going on. Another one being that the, uh, the wet seabed was dried out for them. Whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so, what happened to them? Well, they're just doing the same thing God's people did. Yep, what happened to them when they tried it? They all 
drowned. God's about to validate you. God's about to show off through you because others have mocked you. And even some unbelievers have said that your faith in your God is utter foolishness. But you know what? What you're about to go into, they can't get into. And then the joke's going to be on them. And in Jesus, you'll have the last laugh. And yes, I'm, I'm not trying to say that we're rude or arrogant. But yes, there is a place where you laugh. Hey, you said it didn't work, did it? You said it wouldn't happen, didn't you? What's this over here? <gasps> Well, it won't go away, will it? Look what God did. Woo! Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm. Whereas the Egyptians attempting to do what you are able to do, they all drowned. They all drowned. Woo! Woo! Glory to God. So the spirit of faith dares the undareable. But don't think that others can pull this off. They can't. You can only do it with the spirit of faith. It allows you to walk in an area of dominion. Mm -mm. It's very interesting. I, I would say that what you see here with the all of the Israelites going through is not only a gift of faith where we're going to do it. It was actually a corporate gift of faith where all of them as one body said, yeah, we're going down there. We're coming up. In other words, there was nobody standing on the bank with their knees knocking together saying, oh, oh I don't know. No, their, their faith came on all of them and they, they went whew, right down in there and came up on the other side. By the way, Paul, the apostle and also Peter referenced this. This is a type or shadow of baptism uh, into Christ. The Israelites were immersed or baptized into Moses, into the law. But we, and which is why you want to get water baptized. We are baptized, immersed into Christ Jesus. And we identify with that through being immersed, submerged in water. Ooh, glory, glory to God. Let me share with you one more of these uh, facets of daring the undarable. And this would be in the book of Daniel, chapter 2. And let's go to verse 14. Let me grab a drink of some uh, hot tea real quick. Verse 14. Then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. And he answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the, the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. Well, hey, if you're going to do that, you better have an answer or they're going to do a rush job to expedite your execution along with all of the rest of them. So what is that? That is like a daring type of faith that says, I am so confident that I can hear from God and what, and, and find out what to do in this situation that I'm going to go before the King and I'm just going to ask him for time. Woo. Okay. So he probably just said, all right, you've got 12 hours. And in the morning, the swords are going to start swinging again if you don't have that answer. Wow. But Daniel dared to do it. And some of you also, you have solutions, you have answers, and you need to dare to stand up and say, this is the way that we should go. I really do believe in my, in, as I, and I humbly present it that I've heard from the Lord. Remember, Paul, the apostle stood before the captain of the ship and the centurion and said, men, I really do believe that if we take this trip, there will not only be uh, the loss of the ship and all of your, your profit, that's all of your goods that are on the ship. There's also going to be loss of, uh, of everybody. And uh, they didn't listen to him, but he dared to say that. Who is he? He's just a prisoner. Uh, he's a prisoner that can hear from God. Mm -hmm. Woo. And that dare that is put forth could actually save many lives. Mm -hmm. Now they went ahead and took that journey on that ship. And Paul had to really jump in there with some intercessory prayer. And an angel appeared to him and said, God's heard your prayer. I'm going to save the lives of the men, but the ship's going down. 
hope, hope you've had your swimming lessons, and I hope you know where the life rafts are at. <laughs> Not the life rafts. They didn't really have those, but the life vest. They had like a little lifeboat, uh, but not everybody could operate in that. So it's either all or none. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. So Daniel dared to believe that he could hear from God in a very quick, expedient way. So when there's pressure, let me say this. Some of you, you will perform at a higher level under pressure than you've ever performed, maybe in a relaxed state, because it could be that your neck is on the line like Daniel's was. When I say your neck, maybe not your physical life, but maybe your job, mm, maybe the company's running out of money. And if we don't get this next big sale, we're going to have to start laying off. Mm -mm. Boy, it's very interesting how sales anointing can go through the roof when you've got to have a sale. Mm -mm. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. All right, number six, the sixth dimension of dominion that comes through faith is that faith puts the believer in command of situations and circumstances. It puts you in command of situations and Circumstances. Say, say goodbye to any victimization. You'll never be a victim ever, ever again. You'll never be in the car with the devil in the dri driver's seat and you being taken somewhere that you don't want to go. Mm -mm. Faith puts the believer in command of situations and circumstances. One more time, let's go back to Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Verse 23. And Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Now, there you go. Right there. Lord, I believe. The moment he believed, he's no longer a victim. He's no longer powerless. He's no longer like somebody that's just being tread on by the enemy. But the moment he believed, woo! I tell you what. He got his miracle, and his son was delivered from that evil spirit. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. And he even asked for help in any other area of unbelief. But I tell you what, he turned it on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And what happened? He got in a situation with Jesus where now they're in command. He's riding an anointing of the Lord, and Jesus took over. With that anointing, the child was delivered. Praise the Lord. Mark chapter 10, verse 27. Also another one of these, what we would call ultra power statements. Uh, just loaded with faith, like blank check uh, checks in a sense that God gives you. But Jesus looked at them and said, with men, it is impossible. But not with God. For with God, all things, that's why I call it like the blank check type statement, because you can fill it in. All things are possible. So, whatever is possible with God is possible for us to receive with our faith. Woo! Oh, watch out. I want to say that one more time. Whatever God can do, whatever is possible with God then we can receive it with our faith. Glory. Glory. Now, I want to go even further with that. Whatever God can do, and we know that He can do all things, but whatever God can do, faith can make it happen. Mm -mm. With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Now, just say that. Say, with God all things are possible. Whatever God can do, faith can make it happen. Let me give you an example. If you're in a situation right now where, let's say, you don't have a job, but you really want to get a job, do you believe that God could actually give you a job tomorrow? Do you believe God can? We're not talking about if He's going to. We're just saying, do you believe with His great power? Of how he created the heavens and the stars and created the planet and all of these amazing mountains and rivers and streams and oceans. Do you believe that God's got the power where he can give you a job tomorrow? 
Well, yes, Pastor Stephen, I do. Then whatever God could do, faith makes it happen. So if God can do that, which he can, release your faith and your faith will make it happen. Thank you, Jesus. For with God, all things are possible. The spirit of faith puts you in command of situations and circumstances. God can make that sickness leave your body right now. If that's true, and it is, then faith can make it happen. So faith appropriates what God has said. Faith makes happen what God has promised you. And God can do it right now. So why not just go ahead and put your faith on it to receive it right now? If you need a job, God can give you a job tomorrow. Within 24 hours, God can not only give you a job, He can give you a dream job, a really good job that you love and look forward to going to every day. Praise the Lord. And God can drive out every bit of sickness out of your body within 24 hours. All of it. Where all of it has to pack its bags and uh, check out permanently. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So these are very, very powerful dimensions of dominion. And let's look at the final one, number seven. Faith produces a spontaneous response to the issues and challenges of life. Because how many of you know that you can go into a day and because we walk by faith, we don't really know what all is going to unfold in that day. But whatever does come, faith produces a spontaneous response to the issues and challenges of life. I like this one in Matthew chapter 17. Let's turn over there just for a moment. I've always enjoyed this one. And this would be verse 24. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? Well, what day is this? This is the day where we got to get a tax payment made. Well, what if you've just given a big offering over here? Or what if you've helped a whole bunch of people here? And what if at this particular moment, the uh, ministry account is not very high? What if you can't pay that right now? What if you just emptied the account because you were sowing seed? Well, the spirit of faith produces a spontaneous response to the issues and even the challenges of life. Well, what do you do in a situation like this? Well, in verse 27, Jesus said, nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. So there is a spontaneous flow that can be in the supernatural where you do things based upon the word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit and the voice of God. And you do things with a supernatural flow. Woo, glory to God. So that regardless of whatever comes up, there is a response that comes out of you. You ready for this? Of faith. And sometimes the things that come up can be negative. Very much can be negative. And it might at that moment look like a setback. And you have to guard your tongue. You have to stay in faith with a determination where you step back and you just look at that situation that just happened. And you respond by saying, God's working in this situation, and this is going to work for good, and this is going to come out for good to the glory of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Look at this in Acts chapter 3, and this would be in verse 2. And a certain lame man, uh, a certain man, excuse me, lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms. Verse six, then Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have. Now I'm not sure why at that moment, Peter did not have any coinage on him of silver and gold. But again, that doesn't mean these guys are, you know, like broke and don't have any money. It could, could be that maybe there was just a, a, something special that was needed. Maybe they saw a, a Jewish family in need, whatever it was, and they just could have literally have emptied their pockets. 
But you still, with the Spirit of God, always have ways to respond. And watch what God does here. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, because this is what he carried with him all the time, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. How many of you know that's better than a silver dollar? That's better than an ounce of gold. He can now rise up and be healed, and he was. So at different times in our life, at different times even during a day of our life, we find ourselves maybe being strong, maybe being weak, maybe being uh, what we could call almost like out of position, or maybe like what, what some would say caught off guard, but the spirit of faith keeps you in dominion, and there's always a response. That, and so often it's spontaneous. You haven't planned it or anything like that, but it comes out of you, and it helps you to deal with all of these various factors that flow in life, and many of them, of course, are very challenging. Who praise God. Praise the Lord that there's always with God a way forward. Now, we may have to step back just for a moment, catch our breath, and, uh, you know, and, and think, faith. I must respond in faith. And when you do that, God will keep moving you forward. And I'm telling you, he'll do miracles. He'll do miracles. I'm telling you this church property here in Moravian Falls that we purchased, it stunned the, the realtor that, that uh, was involved. It shocked the attorney that was involved. Why? We bought it from uh, a branch of the Methodist church that was in many ways very uh, disunited. But in order for us to buy it, everybody on their board of directors had to sign off on it and give their signature that they were in agreement. And I didn't know until later that none of them were ever in agreement on anything, much less all 10 of them coming into agreement and the pastor as well, signing and agreeing to something because they all had their views of what it should be sold for, what it should be used for. And it was an absolute miracle that all 10 of them signed and the pastor signed and they all agreed to it. It was, I mean, the attorney could hardly believe it because he knew who they were. And he was just like, let's close on this quick because they have actually all signed on it. It was nothing less than a move of God that can't even be explained. Why? Because if you knew who some of these guys were, uh, like good old country boys that would argue and that would just disagree. And, uh, and some, for the very fact of not wanting a unanimous vote, some on purpose would vote no. So for all of them to vote yes, it was, it was literally unexplainable. It never happened. And this uh, church, this ministry, you're talking about a, a facility that was built in 1877. <laughs> First time since 1877 when there was a unanimous decision. Woo, praise the Lord, glory. And it, you know, it's just, it's just uh, crazy what God can do. So the spirit of faith produces a spontaneous response to the issues of life. And there were many miracles involved in the process. When I agreed to buy the building, and the, the, the realtor agreed to the terms, and the pastor agreed to the terms. As we were moving forward, you know what happened? Somebody else came along and wanted to buy it, and the pastor said, I'll sell it to you. And we didn't even know that happened until a few days later, and the realtor found out what the pastor had done. And the pastor told, uh, uh, excuse me, the realtor told the pastor, uh, hey, what you just did, that's not legal. And the pastor said, doesn't matter. I'm going to do it anyhow. You, some of the craziest stuff you've ever heard of. And uh, you know what? Me and the realtor just backed off. And we said, if he's going to do stuff like this, that's not only illegal, but really uh, totally out of God's will, we'll just back off. And within three days, that pastor came back uh, and he told our realtor, he said, look, that was totally wrong what I did. I don't know why I did that. But I'll tell you why, because the devil didn't want us to have this. <laughs> but he said, I shut all that off. He said, let's just move forward with the uh, uh, SBI purchasing the property. 
Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. So the spirit of faith, it'll keep you in dominion, and it produces a spontaneous response to all of the challenges of life. Some of them are like crazy. You can't even understand them. Now, let me tell you what that is. That is what the Bible calls the mystery of iniquity. And some, in some translations, it's called the mystery of lawlessness. And you think, why, why do people, why are they like that? Why is there such disorganization? Why is there such disunity? Why does it seem like, although there may be Christians, why are they actually fighting the work of God? And a lot of that, there's no explanation for it except it's the devil working through vulnerable people. Sometimes the devil working and playing people like a deck of cards that maybe are uh, very carnal believers, and they don't even know they're being shuffled around and played. That's because they're not filled with the Spirit, not walking close with the Lord. But I'm telling you, even with that, you can triumph in the Lord. Your faith makes you more than a conqueror. Praise God. Praise God. God's doing miracles all over uh, the different areas of your life. Some of them, they're so amazing, you might not even want to know about them until they're actually done because they're complex. But God's getting it done for you. And let me tell you another thing the angels are very, very good at solving complicated, complex tasks. It's not hard for them. You're going to see it get done. You're going to see it get done. Even if something is being hindered by uh, uh, a mystery, uh, evil spirit of iniquity or lawlessness, God will still get it done if he has to override or even touch their hearts and they don't even really know or understand why they're doing it, but they do it anyhow just to get it done because it's God's work. Watch it happen. But don't expect it to work for others. Why? There's exemptions for God's covenant children. Mm -mm. And your faith is getting you through. Praise the Lord. So we have seven dimensions of dominion. Number one, faith believes the unbelievable, thereby accomplishing the impossible. Number two, faith speaks the unspeakable. Number three, faith makes incredible moves. Number four, faith is always at rest even in the midst of storms. Number five, faith dares the undarable. Number six, faith puts the believer in command of situations and circumstances. And number seven, with the spirit of faith, you, uh, it produces a spontaneous response to the issues and challenges of life. Glory. Glory, glory. The, the spirit of faith will not allow anything to throw you. It might, it might come at you. Keep that shield up, and you'll respond in the right way. Lift your hands. Father, I thank you that over your people, they will walk in these seven dimensions of dominion, unsettled, unmoved in, in the promises that you have given to them. They are possessing their land. And they are realizing that many of the Canaanites are putting up a fight, but they are still nevertheless taking it by force. This is a spiritual battle and it revolves around the fight of faith. And I thank you father that your people are using wielding the sword of faith with great effectiveness and the enemies are even falling right now. And I thank you that they're going forth Lord, not just with that, statement being like a nice statement, but they are going forward as more than conquerors. That's on them. That's all over them. Thank you, Father God. The armor is shining on them. I thank you, Father God. This is their moment to shine. We give you praise. We thank you that the end time church is a glorious church, a glorious church, an overcoming church. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The church is moving forward in power and glory. Thank you, Father God, much to the astonishment and bewilderment of those in darkness. Father, we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus, you need to run to the tower of refuge and safety. And that is found only in Jesus Christ, God's son.
And I want to lead you in prayer to receive Christ and receive eternal life. Now, if you used to know the Lord, but you fell away, you were enticed by sin. It's time to get out of the mud and the manure and come back to God. You know what? When I used to walk to the pastures where the cows were at, uh, I was always careful. Don't step in the manure piles. My friends, when you get away from God and you get into sin, you might as well just roll in the manure because that's what's going on. And yes, it stinks. Come back. Right now, the Jesus, he will wash you clean and lift you up and put you on a rock of safety and stability. Praise the Lord. Let us, let us pray together. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart right now. Wash my sins away. I repent of all of them. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, give me your eternal life. Now, Jesus, thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for saving me. In your great name, I pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. Woo. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The burden's gone. The sin is gone. Praise the Lord. Just keep on now walking with the Lord, feeding on the word of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord today. Now let's take Holy Communion. I want you to grab some grape juice. If you don't have some, grab apple juice or whatever you have. Pepsi, Coke, but you know, preferably grape juice. But use what you have if you don't have that now. Grab some unleavened bread. I use these little wafers. If you don't have one, go grab a cracker. But let's take communion together. Father, we pray over the bread and the juice. We bless it and set it apart as holy. And we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you for victory. That you have not made provision for failure, but through Christ you have made provision for victory. We thank you, Father God, for the seven dimensions of dominion. Not of failure, but of dominion. And we thank you, Father God, you are ordering and structuring our lives, inner life and our outer life, to be like the Garden of Eden. Woo! A place that reflects you. Mm-mm. Father, thank you for the Lord's body. We receive his flesh and we thank you that we are being transformed into his image in Jesus name. Let's receive together and receive the transformation. Praise God. You know, the source of your strength it's the Lord Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. God's Word being the bedrock foundation of your life. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's beautiful cleansing power. We thank you, Father God, for a wall of fire and protection all around our lives through the blood that the enemy cannot get through. We thank you, O oh God, for the blood working in us, cleansing us. We thank you for sanctification in our lives and the severing and the cutting off of those things that would bring defilement. We thank you that those things are now cut and they will never be fed again. They die in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for lives that are ready to meet your son's coming. We give, you, we give you praise. We thank you for the power and the beauty of holiness. Oh God, we thank you in the name of the Lord for victory. Hallelujah. Over sin, sickness, disease, the devil, and lack and insufficiency. Father, we celebrate the blood and we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive together. Glory. Some of you, not all of you, some of you are going to begin to taste gold. And now that would have to be a spiritual experience because you could, you could have a gold ring and put it in your mouth. There's, there's no taste, maybe a metallic element, but that's, that's not tasting what actually gold could taste like. You can only taste it spiritually. Some of you, God's going to allow you to taste gold. Some of you are going to begin to experience the sensation of 
of gold like oil dropping on you, dripping, dripping profusely on your head, on your shoulders, and on your clothes. Receive that right now. Receive God's, uh, God's blessing, abundance, prosperity. He is going to cause abundance to drip all over you during the month of November and December. That doesn't mean it stops later, but during these two months, God wants to show you his power, his glory, and his abundance. Let it begin to drip in the spirit, and it's going to affect you in the natural. Now, Father, I speak blessing over your people, a blessing of dominion, a blessing, O oh God, of being a sign to those in the church, a sign to even unbelievers that your word is true and that proofs are surrounding their lives because wisdom always has evidences and proofs. I thank you for their life being a supernatural sign of victory, of strength, and of joy. Father, I speak blessing over them in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, Go and get busy. You've got a lot to do over these last two months. A lot to do. God bless you. Have a great week. I'm praying for you. I'll see you back again real soon.